Jose, I say, Jose, it's time to wake up. Oh, buenos dias, senorita. My siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Hey, Michael, mi amigo, pay attention, it's Joe time. So it is. Pierre, you rascal, you. Let's put on the show. Mon ami, I am always ready, as you say, to put on the show. Oh, pardon, madame. That whistle was for my good friend, Fritz. Ach, to lieber, I almost fell out of my upper perch. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait. We forgot to wake up the glee club. <laughs> ole, ole, it's showtime. To our new passengers, aloha and welcome. As you board, please move across your car to make room for everyone, and kindly offer available seating to those needing special assistance. The show will begin momentarily. Thank you. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. Welcome to Dave's Disney View Podcast, provided on our own version of the information highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking please. Thank you. Dave's Disney View is a look at the Walt Disney World Resort and sometimes beyond, as seen through the eyes of Dave, a frequent visitor, a one-time cast member, and an engineer who simply enjoys the magic and wonder of it all. Now, please keep your party together and put on your virtual mouse ears. And by all means, enjoy the show. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another Dave's Disney View podcast. On this podcast, I'd like to go into what I think is often an overlooked attraction, and that's the Hall of Presidents in the Magic Kingdom. On another podcast, I'm going to have to do a sort of a retrospective and an introspective on what the Hall of Presidents is and is all about. But on this podcast, I'd simply like to play the ride audio, the attraction audio for you, as it currently exists. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show.
gentlemen to preserve the dignity of our presentation please refrain from eating drinking or smoking in the theater also out courtesy of others please no flash photography or video light cameras and please turn off your cell phones and now Walt Disney World proudly presents the Hall of Presidents a celebration of liberty leaders narrated by Academy Award winning actor Morgan Freeman Some even cried out for a return to monarchy 
as a General George Washington to be crowned King of America. But the man who had led an army of farmers to victory over the mighty British Empire made it clear that the only title he desired was citizen of the United States of America. I am at a loss to conceive what part of my conduct could have given encouragement to an idea which to me seems the greatest mischief that can befall our country. If you have any regard for yourself, banish these thoughts from your mind. But when the new nation finally adopted its constitution, and it came time to elect its first president, there were no doubts about who that president should be. Only he had such doubts. I fear my countrymen will expect too much of me. I walk on untrodden ground. There is scarcely any part of my conduct which may not hereafter be drawn into precedent. In the end, Washington set the most important precedent of all. The man who could have been king stepped down after two terms in office and took his place again amongst the people. By insisting that he was, above all other things, one of us, he made it possible for any of us to dream of serving the nation in its highest office. And one day, sure enough, it came to pass that a man who wasn't an aristocrat aspired to the office of president. Andrew Jackson was a battle-forged frontiersman. And according to his predecessor, President John Quincy Adams, a barbarian who cannot write a sentence of grammar and can hardly spell his own name. To which Jackson merely replied, It's a damn poor mind indeed. Can't think of at least two ways to spell a word. He may have lacked a formal education, but he was tough and brilliant. Just the ticket for a new nation of Americans struggling to turn a dream during reality. They swept Jackson into office by a landslide and then descended on his inauguration determined to shake his hand in person. Why, 20,000 country people shoved to get in the door while no track and muddy boots across the carpet. And my dear, they would be here still if we hadn't placed tubs of punch out on the lawn. Washington's elite fumed, but Jackson loved it. For these were his people. He was proud to be one of us. And do not forget that the planter, the farmer, the mechanic, and the laborer form the great body of the people of the United States. They are the bone and sinew of this country. But Andrew Jackson would wage a mighty struggle to hold that great body of people together. State by state, the monstrous injustice that had haunted the country since its beginning was now tearing it apart. As civil war threatened, we searched deep in our heartland for a leader equal to the ordeal ahead. It was perhaps a vindication of the American dream that we found a plain-spoken, self-taught lawyer from Illinois whose campaign platform could be summed up in five simple words. All men are created equal. I say this government cannot endure permanently half-slave and half-free. 
house divided against itself cannot stand. Abraham Lincoln's words touched the hearts. <coughs> And in 1860, we sent him to Washington, where he would face the hardest task that any American president would ever face. I know there is a God, and that he hates injustice and slavery. I see the storm coming. I know his hand is in it. If he has a place, work for me. And I think he has. I believe I'm ready. I am nothing. But truth is everything. And with God's help, I shall not fail. Shall not perish from the earth. 
nation did have a new birth of freedom. And as our frontiers pushed west, we looked for new leaders that embodied our bold and new spirit. Leaders like Theodore Roosevelt, born to wealth and privilege, but imbued with the spirit of the American frontier. He rode with cowboys and led his rough riders up San Juan Hill during the Spanish-American War. This kind-hearted, tough guy fought against monopolies and for the working class. We called him Teddy. Anything else would have been far too formal. He even refused to call his official residence the executive mansion. To him, it was just a house. It was just a white house. And so, it would always be called. Three decades later, his distant cousin Franklin Delano Roosevelt would occupy that same White House and lead the country through its hardest trials since the Civil War. A world war was looming, and the Great Depression had paralyzed a great nation. The president we called upon to lead us through those hard times was himself paralyzed by polio. But with determined optimism, he had triumphed. And now he was ready to share his cheerful strength with a badly frightened people. During FDR's fireside chats on the radio, entire cities came to a standstill and listened. The people themselves, let us unite in banishing fear. Together, we cannot fail. In a calm and reassuring voice, he called out to America. And America answered back. We're just modest, middle-class people having lost the we have. Our savings are tied up in a closed bank. I believe that you will guide us through these tough days. Protect us from that conflict in Europe, dear President. And I expect to be in service Now we know we are not fighting alone. I feel that at last we can hope. With that hope, we began to believe in the future again. FDR had reminded us of the power of the American dream. Sixteen years later, America's youngest elected president once again called upon the power of the people to change the world. Let the word go forth from this time and place to friend and foe alike that the torch has been passed to a new generation of Americans. John F. Kennedy's stirring words ushered in a historic decade of civic activism in which ordinary Americans struggled to right old wrongs and chart new frontiers of possibility. It has always been the role of presidents to remind us of our roots, to call us to the future. In their best moments, they speak words that are already there in our hearts, especially in times of tragedy.
begins here. Our hopes and our journeys continue. And as our journeys continue, what once seemed revolutionary now seems profoundly simple. That we should choose our own leaders. That our hopes should be their hopes. Our fears, their fears. Our dreams, their dreams. Ladies and gentlemen, the presidents of the United States. George Washington. John Adams. Thomas Jefferson. James Madison. James Monroe. John Quincy Adams. Andrew Jackson. Martin Van Buren. William Henry Harrison. John Tyler. James K. Polk. Zachary Taylor. Millard Fillmore. Franklin Pierce. James Buchanan. Abraham Lincoln. Andrew Johnson. Ulysses S. Grant. Rutherford B. Hayes. James A. Garfield. Chester A. Arthur. Grover Cleveland. Benjamin Harrison. William McKinley. Theodore Roosevelt. William Howard Taft. Woodrow Wilson. Warren G. Harding. Calvin Coolidge. Herbert Hoover. Franklin D. Roosevelt. Harry S. Truman. Dwight D. Eisenhower. John F. Kennedy. Lyndon B. Johnson. Richard M. Nixon. Gerald R. Ford. Jimmy Carter. Ronald Reagan. George Bush. Bill Clinton. George W. Bush. And now we come to the present. A present that is rooted in our past. For all of Liberty's leaders have one thing in common. One trust they all accepted. My fellow citizens, no event could have filled me with greater anxieties than that notification on the 14th day of April, 1789, that you had selected me to lead our nation. But it was with confidence of my fellow citizens that I took an oath, 35 simple words 
repeated by every American president throughout history. As long as that oath is taken and solemnly fulfilled, the American dream will endure. I, Barack Hussein Obama, do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. So help me God. Ladies and gentlemen, President Barack Obama. The American dream is as old as our family, but as timeless as our hopes. It is reborn every day in the heart of every child who wakes up in a land of limitless possibilities. In a country where we the people means all the people. We may come from different places and believe in different things. But what makes us American is a shared spirit. A spirit of courage and determination kindness and generosity. It is a spirit grounded in the wisdom of the generations that have gone before us, but open to the unimagined discoveries and possibilities on the horizon that lies ahead. Let us enjoy it, cherish it, defend it, and pass it on to our children as the bright and beautiful blessing it is. This enduring American dream. to make a point of coming to see the Hall of Presidents, at least every time a new president was elected. But I'll admit, I kind of fell back on that. Haven't been here since uh, George Bush, actually. Uh, I don't know, maybe I did come here once during Clinton. But um, it's really a remarkable thing, being able to see this uh, show again. It's, it kind of renews your, your hope in the, in the country and everything you feel good about, you know, very patriotic kind of things, kind of emotional stirrings once in a while throughout the show, but very well done. And that is my podcast for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. As a reminder, I do have out there my Hidden Mickeys app that's available in the iTunes store. And you can check out more information and uh, d- get a mobile version of the app by going to disneypodcast.net slash hidden-mickey. And uh, you can check out the, uh, the mobile version or download the iPhone app from there. And thanks to all of you who have sent me feedback about the app. I've seen a couple of things in there that uh, I need to tweak a little bit or I want to tweak a little bit. I used it myself on a recent trip and was kind of thinking about some things in there that could be a little bit different. So I'm going to uh, look to revise those and make a version 2 that will be available shortly. Of course, you'll get an update if you already have one. But uh, please feel free to check out the app and give me any feedback that you have. And, of course, add any other Mickeys you'd like to the collection. So that's it for this week. Thanks very much for tuning in. And remember, if we can dream it, we really can do it. Bye now. 
From all of us, thanks for taking a listen to the podcast today. If you're standing, please hold onto the handrails and stay clear of the doors until the show stops completely and the doors open. Ladies and gentlemen, please collect your personal belongings, watch your head and step, and take small children by the hand. As this concludes our journey, we hope that you enjoyed the show and that you drive home safely. Our thanks go to Doug at geekacres.net for his contributions to the show. And also to Craig for the original music you hear on the show. You can find Craig's music over at ReverbNation.com slash sound A. If you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the show, please feel free to contact Dave at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Show notes and links to other great content on the web can be found at disneypodcast.net. Now, I will raise the safety bar, and a podcaster will follow you home. Ha 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 